Hello, hey, what is up, you guys? Welcome back to another episode of the How To Girl podcast. As always, I'm your host, Eliana, and you guys, long time no freaking see. This is the longest I've ever been away from recording an episode. It's been about like three weeks. It feels super weird. I'm so sorry (laughs) for the delay. I moved, I moved into my own little apartment. Uh, I moved to a new city, started a new job, I left a job. So just a lot of shit was happening in my life all at once. Um, so as grateful as I am for all of it, that is the reason I have been MIA. But nevertheless, here I am recording from my new apartment. With that being said, they're also doing some yard work or road work. I don't know what the fuck they're doing out there, but they're loud as heck. So if you hear that in the background, that's the vibes. But anyway, super grateful to be here. Aside from that, you know, whatever. Um, Today's episode, today, we're going to talk about relationship astrology. I feel like psychoanalyzing me and my future, whoever I was seeing at that time's relationship was like an outlet for me to be crazy without them knowing I'm crazy. Do you know what I'm saying? I was like secret crazy. (laughs) But anyways, as I matured a little bit as a partner and as a person, I actually started using astrology as a personal development tool. And I actually started learning more about like the fundamentals of astrology and how it all works. So what once was a crazy side hobby for me, (laughs) not let, has now become a genuine interest and something I know a fair bit of information on. So anyways, it's funny how those things work out. Okay, also pausing for a second on our astrology convo. I also wanted to take this moment and say thank you guys so much for listening and supporting the show. I looked over my podcast, like Spotify wrapped, and I low-key was shocked. I mean, like, I know people listen and support my show, and I'm like so freaking grateful for that. And I try to do the best I can to express that gratitude, but I don't know, sometimes I forget that like I really do just put like these episodes out for strangers to listen to. So I do forget that sometimes, you know, it could reach a larger audience. So anyways, with that being said, just thank you guys so much for listening, sharing the show, you know, supporting it. It really does mean a lot to me and makes me feel so connected with you guys whenever I have people message me about my show or just like even ask advice off of things I've talked about. Like that's Truly, the whole reason I do this is for community and the whole reason I even started on social media to begin with. So anyways, I like that we are starting to form bonds and small friendships over the internet. It's very wholesome and I love that part about the internet. So anyways, thank you. Okay, so back to our episode. I want to start this episode out by saying there are no badly placed astrological signs, all right? We're all accepted and loved here. I do think it's kind of funny though. I see a lot of Gemini slander on TikTok and granted it's a lot more slander towards Gemini men and I really can't speak on that just because I haven't really interacted with a lot of Gemini men, men, man, men, you get it. Anyways, but I do have a lot of Gemini female friends. So I can't necessarily contribute to the Gemini slander convos, but you know what? I'll just take the girlies words for it and... You know what? We'll go with it. But the point is, we are accepting of everyone here. So no hate will go on except towards Aries men. Fuck Aries men. 
I stand by that. <laughs> the only slander I can participate in is slander against Aries men, and that's on period. Just kidding. Well, actually, kind of not, but like, whatever. Moving on for the sake of the episode. Um, yeah. So before we get into all of that, if you're just curious about how astrology works and how it can show up in your everyday life, to my understanding, it works like this. So depending on where a planet is placed in your birth chart, that planet is going to be, is going to activate that house that it's placed in. And I'll talk more about what astrological houses mean, what it means if a planet is placed in a zodiac sign, like XYZ. Um, but yeah, depending on where a planet is placed in your birth chart, that planet is going to activate that area of your life. And therefore you're going to see that planet's energetic properties show up the most in that area of your life. So essentially it's like how your personal energy interacts and engages with the planet's energy in a summary. I hope that makes sense. (laughs) We'll explain more and talk about it like in deeper detail, like later in the episode. So keep listening. A birth chart, aka your birth chart, is a screenshot of the sky at the exact moment you took your first breath here on earth. A synastry chart is basically when you compare your birth chart to your partner's birth chart. And often birth charts, um, when you read them, they're read on like a wheel like they're in like it's in a circle then that circle is divided by the houses and there's 12 houses in astrology so if you were to lay that circle on top of your partner's birth chart circle depending on where your planets fall into their houses those are houses that are going to be activated and basically we'll get into that later but a synastry star is just going to show what strengths you're going to have in a relationship and where you could possibly have some weaknesses. It's just kind of an overview of what could play out between these planetary energies, but it's not defining. So I just talked about astrological houses and to sum this up in like a very quick summary, just as every zodiac chart is divided into 12 signs, it's also divided into 12 houses that overlap those signs. So each house represents a different aspect of your life. Not only is it an aspect thing, but this is also going to very much show up in your life as consistent themes or just areas of your life. So for example, the eighth house rules your finances, okay? So let's say you have the planet Jupiter, which is a planet of luck and expansion growth. Let's say you have that planet placed in your eighth house, you are going to most likely have a pretty easy time making money, but you also can lose it just as quickly. But like, you know, financially you seem to be very lucky. Either you come across like random spurts of money or, you know, debt is magically cleared, like whatever. That's just an example of like how a planet's energetic energy (laughs) can play out in your birth chart and the house is what area of life that rules, if that's all makes sense. Okay, so now that we have some like basic understanding of some astrology terms, let's get into the relationship compatibility part of all of this. So I think that there's so much more that factors out in a relationship besides sun sign compatibility, only because like I said, your sun sign is just literally the astrological season you were born in. So like, you know, at my core... Okay, if you look at it from a more spiritual sense, like a very like higher self kind of POV, 
your sun sign kind of just represents like the core of who you are supposed to be in this life if you believe in multiple lives but if you don't then just in this life the season you were born in is basically like who you are at your core your higher self when you take ego away this is who you are so depending on um you know what sign like zodiac sign your sun is placed in it's kind of like characteristics that you could take on that like more of show like your very true deep self so like for example i'm a scorpio i think definitely at my core i'm very private i like to do things sort of in silence i have some other planetary placements that kind of contradict that feeling but like at my core that's probably like what i would resonate with most um if you are a capricorn you could have a very mature nature to you even if like you don't necessarily like mean to you could just come off as very like older like or studious or just kind of like very put together in that way so anyways that's how I see it I see sun as like ego versus your very raw self so that's how I see that sign being played out when it comes to your moon sign I'm going to talk about like some signs that I'm going to refer to a lot in this episode so your moon sign rules your emotions um how you perceive emotions how you act out on those emotions it's very much a moody kind of planet um so basically just kind of rules your overall mood swings mars is the planet of action so how we take action how we resolve conflict it even has a part of you know how good we are in bed that's some tea but we can get into that another time (laughs) your venus is a sign of love so how you love what you love how you perceive love visual aesthetics, things of that sort. Your Mercury is the planet of communication. It's a lot of, it's a planet of a lot of mental processing. So like depending on like, let's say your Mercury is placed in like a very sociable sign, like Gemini, you're going to be very networky. You're going to do really well with large groups of people. You're going to be very sociable, very talkative, that's going to just come very easily for you. So that planet in general, though, it just relates to communication and mental processing. So that's tea. So anyways, whenever I read my friends' symmetry charts, like with whoever they're dating at their time or even their current partner, I don't look for just sense and compatibility. Like I think that's great. And I definitely think it has some influence in you know a relationship chart, but I don't think it's like nearly defining as some people think it may be but compatibility I do look for in a synastry chart would be moon sign compatibility venus uh mars even like even your ascendant like ascendant is like kind of the mass like how you come off to people at like first impressions um but I look at those planetary compatibilities because depending on what sign those planets are placed in really is going to tell a lot about how these two people are going to engage with each other energetically on a daily basis. A good rule of thumb whenever you're looking at a synastry chart is to see if you or your partner's main planets are in the same elemental mode as one another. So for example, your sun, moon, Venus, Mercury, or Mars. Let's just take those five planets for example. If your sun is placed in earth sign, like 
that would be like Virgo, Taurus, Capricorn, and your partners, one of the planets I just mentioned, if one of those planets are also placed in an earth sign, that's a great start in a synergy chart, only because you and your partner are already taking on characteristics of that elemental mode. So having those main planets placed in the same elemental group, essentially, is great just because you're going to be able to understand each other a lot better because you're already taking on those planetary energies and you act upon them in just your everyday life. And that's not to say that your relationship can't work if you don't have, you know, the same planets in the same elemental modes. I just think that there's better pairings than others. I don't think fire and water signs do really well together. Meaning like if you have heavy water in your chart and then you're dating someone who has heavy fire in their chart, I think that's really difficult at times just because you're going to have a lot of misunderstanding just because you do things very differently and you also just have a, maybe a different approach to life. I think mutable signs do better with water signs. Um, I think air and fire can I don't know that seems like a risky combo I don't think it's impossible um I think basically water and fire should stay away from each other earth and water do well together earth and fire do well together I don't think earth and air do well together fire and air again risky fire and earth I think that's a good combo air and water i don't think it's a horrible combo i think it can be really tricky i think it can be a lot of misunderstandings but then again you know this is when i talk about this a lot of my past relationships have either been with earth signs or fire signs so i'm not really familiar with well i dated one air sign but it wasn't like super super deep anyways the point is the point is try to stay within your elemental sign it's like not make or break but you know that's just a good rule of thumb that they talk about in astrology another cute compatibility i guess like green flag would be if any of your personal planets like the ones i just talked about um if they fall into yours or your partner's uh third fifth or seventh house i would even say first but you know it doesn't have like as much of a cute theme in your relationship as like your fifth and seventh house the third house i grouped in there because that's the house of communication so like if you have any personal planets fall into that you're just going to naturally have great communication with your partner but i will use my and my boyfriend's astrology charts for example also if you listen to the episode where i talk about how we broke up no you didn't whip <laughs> i laugh because i'm like i was so embarrassed i feel like a fucking clown i literally said on that podcast episode i was like yeah we're done like i waited to talk about it because i didn't want to look like a clown and then a few days later i was in florida with him so it's funny how those things work out but, but you know sometimes it just be like that if you know you know anyways it's all good now but using his and mine's synastry chart as an example here um his mercury which our little reminder is the planet of communication and mental processing falls into my fifth house and the fifth house rules creativity children romance sex it's just kind of like a cutesy romantic house so with his planet activating my fifth house it's very easy for us to have conversations about those topics which is great because it makes having some of those heavier conversations really light so i really enjoyed this aspect of our relationship 
It's also great for creativity as well. He's very supportive of my social media presence. He very much helps me sort through my thoughts if I'm trying to make a breakthrough in some like creative project I'm doing. And I definitely think that I contribute that in the same way to him, just in a different way. Um, So yeah, that's just um, an example of how a planet can activate a house in a synastry chart. So in a recap, if any of your personal planets, your moon, sun, Venus, Mars, or Mercury fall into the first, third, fifth, or seventh house, great sign. If any of those personal planets are within the same elemental mode, which is earth, fire, water, or air. If you have two or more personal planets in the same sign as your partner's personal planets, it could be literally any of them, as long as they're just in the same elemental mode as the majority of what yours are, that's a great sign. Now let's talk about some red flags in astrological compatibility. So before I even begin, I'm not saying that your relationship is doomed if you know, you recognize any of these pairings and yours and your partner's sinistry chart. But what I am saying is it may be a bit more difficult to understand each other in some aspects, depending on like what planets are at um, contrast with each other. So some red flags, in my opinion, when it comes to compatibility would be for your partners, like if you have multiple planets that fall into the 12th house, I say that because the 12th house is the house of secrets, mental health, um, imaginary kind of vibes, like elusive. I think that can be really hard because sometimes your relationship can either start in secret or maybe this person or you don't share a lot about this person to your friends or they don't, you know, talk about you to their friends, like vice versa. It's just kind of like a very hidden kind of vibe to it again not necessarily always a red flag some people like that privacy hell i'll give you an example um my son falls i'm sorry no my boyfriend's son falls into my 12th house so i'm very private for the most part with my relationship i very much am mindful about like what i talk about and i think that's probably going to be funny to some of you because you're gonna be like what but like for real like it's a it's a different it's different um if you know me in real life, like I don't even really talk to my friends heavy about it unless it's something like truly that I need help on just because I don't know. I just really like keeping my relationship with him like pretty under wraps. And that's just an example of it. So it's not always a bad thing, but I think if you have multiple planets in the 12th house, it can be difficult. To, and if they're like your personal planets too, like those five I was talking about, that can be really hard. Like having your Mercury in that house could be hard because it can be a lot of like secrets and things you don't know about venus that could be it could be hard it could also be great at the same time it could be like a very like um transformative love but it also can be you know an affair or you know a love where maybe this person doesn't share like how they actually need to be loved and then you feel blindsided when they're like oh i don't you know, I'm not getting that love for you, but it's like, bro, you didn't even tell me how you need to be loved, you know? So that's an example. I think if your Neptune is placed in their, um, I think if their, ne- if their Neptune or your Neptune is placed in the third house, because since the third house rules communication dealings, I think 
the reason that could be a bit problematic is just because Neptune rules like um, imaginary. It's very kind of what's real, what's not. It can be kind of like a, you're blindsided, like the rose-colored glasses. So having that in a house of communication, you could possibly get lied to a lot. That's something. If your first, like your big three, which is like your moon, your rising, and your sun sign, if your big three is complete contrast with them. So let's say you have like um, an earth sign, a water sign, and a fire sign, and like as part of your big three. And then your partner has um, an air sign, a fire sign, and let's say you, let's just say like your partner has like all three air signs, and then like you have those like three um, different elemental signs. That could be a contrast with each other because they're not in the same elemental groups like I was talking about earlier. So just things like that. I think the houses that are, can be a little bit problematic would be like the 12th house, the 8th house, and then even the 4th house, depending on like what planet's placed in there. I think any planets that are placed in your partner's, like Saturn placed in your partner's 5th or 7th house can be a little nerve-wracking territory just because Saturn's the planet of um, lessons and, you know, kind of discipline. So sometimes you could have like a hard lesson to learn from this person if it's placed in those houses, but also maybe it could be completely something totally different. Like this person can maybe lead you and guide you to a path of higher learning and discipline. So maybe that's why that their planet is placed in your chart. It could really go either way, but that's something I would think of. I think having, uh, let's see, Saturn in the fifth or seventh house, having Jupiter placed in, uh, no, Jupiter's a cute planet. Yeah, that's all I got. I think just like having a lot of 12th house sinistry, sinistry placements is kind of nerve wracking. And then what I just said about Saturn. So anyways, with that being said, you guys, that concludes today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you learned something. I also hope I explained this in a way that you guys understand. Let me know if you didn't because I feel like I can, I don't know. I did the best I could. All right. What are you going to do? Um, regardless, thank you for listening. It means a lot. You know, like I said, you guys are awesome and amazing and I am deeply appreciative of you. If you're feeling so nice and sweet, feel free to follow the podcast on Instagram. Also, somebody just honked at somebody. I don't know if y'all heard that, but they were a little mad just now. Nasty. Um, if you guys want to follow the podcast on Instagram, I would love it. It's at the, and then it's HTG pod. That is the podcast handle. If you want to follow your girl, your host, that is me. Hello. I would love that too. My Instagram handle is at Hello Eliana, and that's E-L-L-I-A-N-A. Feel free to share this episode with a friend if you think they would like it or they could relate to it. You know, let them know what's up. I hope everyone has a great and safe and wonderful week. I can't wait to be back next week. I have all of these ideas already mapped out for the next month, so some good stuff on its way and for the new year. So super excited. Anyways, I hope you guys have a great week and until next week. Bye guys.